So, Lewis fought in World War One. was best friends with J.R.R. Tolkien, was fierce, fierce intellectual and a really prominent Christian theologian. I've heard people say that his views are unorthodox. I think everybody's views are a little unorthodox, unless you're writing scripture and only the scripture itself is orthodox. I think when you're writing, uh, generally speaking, people have imaginations and C.S. Lewis had one obviously, and so did J.R.R. Tolkien. And it's a beautiful thing when an adult has an imagination and I think they really should be writing books. God does not give us imaginations and say, don't use it. It's not the God I worship. Like the beautiful thing about Chronicle of Narnia is that it's not religious texts at all. It's not. It's nothing. It's not like even a Christian theology. It's nothing to do with Christian theology. It is rather philosophy. C.S. Lewis was a philosopher. He was not a pastor or preacher. He was not a shepherd. He was an intellectual, and he taught at Oxford, and he was very devoted to Christ. He had very good ideas, and it really, when I hear people discount C.S. Lewis or other people like St. Augustine, it's in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, you know, you're really limiting the level and scope at which Christian authors can write. Because everybody says John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress is a real Christian book because it's obvious that it is. And John Bunyan was actually put in prison and he had suffered a lot of his life for believing what he did. That aside, C.S. Lewis and Augustine both were very much saints. They're very much the same too. They both were celibate. I'm sure both suffered from dreams. You know, Augustine did. It's important that we understand that when you have an imagination when God gives you an imagination he wants you to use it and he wants you to use it for him and so C.S. Lewis is writing a story for God he's not writing scripture he's not writing divine right he's writing for God though you know this is what he's making and he's making a living off of it and it is a beloved children's classic so is the Lord of the Rings and so is the Hobbit but I personally prefer the Chronicles of Narnia not because either one of them was less a Christian but just because the Chronicles of Narnia were very very imaginative. Anything can happen in Narnia. Like Santa Claus comes and, and of course the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And in the first book you get to see Narnia be created. It's like this really magical, kind of beautiful, let the imagination flow and just do anything. But it's glorifying God. And of course C.S. Lewis makes Aslan a symbol for Christ. But there is a very interesting thing and I bring you to it's either in the first book or it's in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. They discuss a Jewish fable that's obviously not canon. It's in the book of Jubilee or it's in the book of Enoch. It's in one of those deuterocanonical texts that really shouldn't be included with scripture. And C.S. Lewis would have known that that's not true. So when C.S. Lewis put that in there, it, to kind of like make Christians not accept this as theological, not really accept it at all, as anything but pure imagination at work with morals. And this is like why we enter into the realm of fantasy. It's like aesthetic, it's like moral. It's Aslan is not Christ. C.S. Lewis does not want you to believe that Aslan is actually God. He does not want you to believe that he's making a Christ figure. He does not want you to believe that his character is literally God. He wants you just simply to understand this is what fantasy, high fantasy, does. It's an aesthetic genre based in creating the archetypes. And there are a lot of archetypes in C.S. Lewis's writing. Like, for instance, the Snow Queen. She is like an archetype. There is examples of her in my literature, and there's, of course, examples of her in other literatures, too, of, like, the Jezebel, right? So there she is in this perfect way captured by C.S. Lewis, and it's so... It is archetypal, and it's, it's like she is there, and she's so uniformly bad, and you know she's bad, and that's 
one of the things I like about C.S. Lewis is that his characters are legitimately bad. They are really bad. And Asland is really good. Asland is not God. Jezebel's not the devil. And, you know, or I call her Jezebel, but the, the archetype he created is not the devil. The ideas are his idea of God and the devil. And this is why I really like the Chronicles of Narnia for that reason. It's just, you know, you can turn off, I'm going to believe this mechanism. And that's not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to believe this. You have to turn it off in order to read it. And I think it like really does what literature is supposed to do. It's like you turn off that I'm going to believe it mechanism, which unfortunately a lot of our art is meant to be believed right now. It's not a good thing because I think like that's one of the other things I like about the Chronicle of Narnia is that it's like you have to turn that off. You have to like put on your filter. This is fiction. It's like literally, truly, honestly fiction. We're not entering into this like quasi realm where we want it to be realistic. It is literally just fiction. And this is something that I mean, one of my friends and I had a discussion about this and she was right. Oh, Chronicles of Narnia is fiction. I was like, no, it's not. It's at the time, I guess I just wanted to believe in the story. It is a masterwork of fiction and it is far superior to the Space Trilogy. That book, unfortunately does not the same. It, I think in that book, he's like almost creating like a cult-like text, which is why I, I don't like the Space Trilogy. It's, it's too cultish. This is not, and I, I don't mean to say it to C.S. Lewis, all writers do it. It's not just him. It's like we all end up putting something out there that really shouldn't have been written if we're writing. And I think C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy was that. It was just something, it was a muse he shouldn't have followed. And Narnia was a muse he should have. It's getting like when you're a writer, you have to write responsibly. You have to like, no, this is something I should write this is something I shouldn't what you shouldn't write is typically like quasi-religious text where you're like you're inventing things that shouldn't it just shouldn't be there he's like when it's like C.S. Lewis is making his space god thing it's Skeets's spiritus mundi it's too just getting out there in left field whereas Aslan is a symbol and since I kind of interrupted Tolkien with the meditation on J.K. Rowling, I'm going to interrupt this with a meditation on my own writing. The Daughter of Zion is a lot like Aslan. It is a symbolic representation of heaven through the erotic desire, which is what I want people to understand about it. With this in mind, I don't want to create like a Spiritus Mundi or a whatever C.S. Lewis's Space God thing is. I don't want to create an idol. I want to create a legitimate expression of faith, which is like C.S. Lewis's work, not supposed to be literally believed.